This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 18. My guest today is my hoof trimmer. It's hard to find people as passionate about their craft as he is. In this episode, we talk a bit about the common problems that he sees in his shoot on a day-to-day basis. Please welcome Mark Van Herk. Mark, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Tell me a bit about what you do for a living. I'm a hoof trimmer. Go around, trim cows at all the dairy farms. Right. It's got no, to be done a lot. No beef, I guess, eh? No. Well, the odd beef cow, but like a, try to stay away from it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. any bulls or, well, or stuff like that? Or what are beef guys after? Well, there are some bulls and some beef cows that do need it. They got lame too, right? Yeah, that's true. But yeah. they're few and far in between. But the odd time we'll go and do one if they need it. But mm-hmm. for the rest, it's hundred uh, percent dairy. Hundred percent dairy. Yeah. Uh, huh. Try to avoid the beef ones actually. Uh, yeah. Beef cows are a whole different ball game. Right. Yeah. Kind of like horses or. Yeah. Or, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna do horses. Oh, do you guys do horses? No. Or? No. <laughs> no. I've yeah. tried it, just tried it once in my life, but no, I'll stick to cows. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. how do I get in between the claw? Oh, and there's no. It, yeah, it is just, <laughs> it's a whole different theory. Uh, right. They have a whole different foot, but, and you can't put them in the chute and just lift them up. No, no. That's all manual labor, yeah. Right, yeah, we had horses one time and had the guy come out, and they're, they're talented folks, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of manual work. Like, the guy's back was given out, and he was 40-something years yeah. old. Yeah. He got kicked so many times, dude. And I don't know if it's the same, like, you get kicked by a horse, you get kicked by a cow. I've been kicked by cows lots, like, in yeah. the shins, in the knees. I would imagine a horse could kick harder. Or not. Yeah, more leverage. Yeah, they have longer legs, I think, on yeah. leverage. You ever see that video of that horse reaching outside of that chute, and get, the guy comes in with a brand? Yeah. <laughs> Send him <laughs> sail, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was laid up for a while after that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I did see that video. That was funny. Well, not for him, but... Not for him, yeah. yeah. Um. So what does the typical day look like? You guys do a couple farms a week, or... Or yeah. if it's a big farm, I guess you're there. On average, one farm a day. Okay, yeah. We do uh, come in, two shoots, most places. Okay. Get them all done in one day. It's you and your dad, right? I do it with my dad, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing it for... 23 years already i believe okay so he knows I, how to do it yeah i joined him nine years ago okay yeah cool. yeah and then yeah get the average farm done in, in one day right yeah and usually each farm has a couple groups that need to be done and you're always or we what's the typical um, situation i would say 90 well all but two or three of our farms we do the whole herd come in do the whole herd okay yeah and then go out heifers and oh like what age do you start uh most guys do their heifers as well before they calve so okay so they'd be just shy of two years just shy of two years and then every animal above that and you find that they need it like when it really varies from place to place really just the concrete or whatever the environment they're in what they're walking on genetics play a big role is that right yeah some places they got really long toes on the heifers and some places there's nothing on them and there's no point doing it yeah. What do you mean uh, genetics? Like, there are certain, uh, just there are certain genes that are just make uh, 
feet grow more. Really? Than I, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Not like heel depth or anything. You're, that's not nope. necessarily a lower heel or whatever. Well, heel height and heel depth is can also be a genetic thing, yeah. Right. But that's you don't trim cows based on heel depth, really. Like, if it's lower, that's just how the cow's foot yeah, is Yeah, there are cows that just have no heels. That's yeah. just how it is, right? And you can't bring yeah. that up. But yeah. if there's way too much, you have to bring it down a bit. You want the perfect angle. Right, yeah. yeah. Ideally, it's a 50-degree angle you want, the front of the foot. Right. Yeah, just over 45, yeah. And you guys use uh, the, the five-step uh, Yeah, the five-step Dutch method, yeah. It's, okay. it's the most common one used worldwide. How is that different than any other method? Uh, it's... Well, there's three main methods. This hmm. one, well, like I said, it's the most recognized one. The other one's just trim a little differently. You have a little different shape afterwards. But that's more for cows that are on sand bedding or go about on pasture again. They don't leave them as flat. They pretty much just walk on the walls of their hooves when they're done, which is good for when they're on sand bedding and in pasture, but not on concrete. So you'll trim a cow differently? Yeah, well, if, on... if like, we don't have much sand bedding here in southern Alberta, right? Right. But there's, like, in the States, it's pretty common. And then, it, like, they can just walk on the walls of their hooves a lot more because if they're standing on sand or pasture, it's... Uh, it doesn't matter if they don't have the whole bottom of the foot there. Okay. So, yeah. But the Dutch method is definitely the most recognized one. Huh. And it's good for any environment. Yeah. You can never go wrong with using that method. So to speak. What's it's uh, you, you just run through the five steps. Like you, you take the foot angle or or what do you yeah, do first? It, it's all about getting it to the right length, and so from to the tip of the toe. Right. You measure your toes the, first. Yeah, so if a cow is standing on the ground, then you have from where the hair starts to the hoof starts, it's called the coronary band, from there down to right. the toe should be uh, seven and a half centimeters. Depending on the size of the cow, I guess, right? It is, the average is seven and a half, though. If you have oh, a okay. bigger cow, you leave more. And you guys don't even have a tool, you kind of just eyeball you, it. Yeah, Cause you, you feel it with so your fingers, long. actually. You do okay. it all the time. Yeah, you just yeah. put your fingers there, and you can feel exactly where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you do so, it you measure time. that first and then trim your yeah. toes. So ideally, you, you do this all with a, a grinder with a yeah. special blade. All on with a grinder, special blade. Right. Bring it to the right length, and then it's all about the right angle. And then you gotta dish out the insides because that's the main place. Right. Where that's you the get next problems. step. That's, yep. that's step number two. Yeah. Okay. So you dish that out. You dish it out, and then it's uh, well. The last steps are more for if you have a problem. Right. So identify if there's a problem. And then relieve the pressure and make sure she's standing on the claw. Okay, so that, you don't actually do the bottom of the hoof really. You trim the toes, dish out the Well, if you make it seven and a half centimeters and then you have make sure you have the right angle. Right. The rest of the dimensions all work together. Right. If you have those two, the rest are all correct as well. Right. You won't need to trim the You need the, the fifty degrees and the seven and a half centimeters. Yeah. Huh. Because you trim the bottom to get the angle right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But then again, if they don't have heel, you can't add it on either, so you can't always yeah. get to 50 degrees. What I'm saying is you, you would trim the bottom of the, um, for step number three, excuse me, you'd trim the bottom of the front of the of the toes because it's kind of longer. Yeah, well, actually, the very first thing is you, you start in the tip of the toe, you work your way up, like when the cow's in the shoe, right at the bottom, you work way oh, up. Oh, I see, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. seven and a half left. 
Yeah, yeah. From the tip of the toe to where the hair starts on the, the front I of the leg. See. Yeah. So you're trimming the bottom of the hoof. Um, you know, as she as a cow's standing, I'm saying the bottom of. Oh okay, yeah, as she's standing <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, yeah. It all depends what you mean you're bottom. Tri- yeah. Yeah. You are trimming that off a little bit too. Yeah, and yeah. that that's how you get the angle, right? Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of the toe, because when she's in there, well, the bottom is actually the tip of the foot, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the bottom, and you want this angle to be 50 degrees. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So and then steps three and four are just for repairs. Yeah. So then so. It's you no. Know, the f- first step is the right length on the one claw. The second step is matching the other claw. Oh, okay. So you ideally first do one claw because they have two claws, right, on each foot. Right. And step two is you match the other claw. Step three is you dish them both out. Right. Where you always get the sole ulcers, you have to make that hollow is that, that out. All, always on the inside of the the claws. Yeah, the inside sole of both ulcers? claws. Yeah, yeah. Well, all you can get ulcers anywhere in the claw, but it's the most common spot. Huh. Because they're caused by. Um, the bone in the foot it's called the pedal bone right and uh that's where it pushes so if you dish, dish it out it can't have the pedal bone is not pushing the, the hoof onto the ground so okay. you won't get an ulcer so you 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 expose it so that there's take the pressure off really okay yeah. so an ulcer is just a, a like a pus bubble or or just no an ulcer is when the, the yeah well no an ulcer is when the the flesh inside the hoof it's called the corium that right. flesh gets exposed and that okay. gets exposed because of pressure from the pedal bone the bone okay. that's in so the it's foot. actually sticking out on the inside of the claw or what's sticking out the the flesh from the uh yeah so if you have an ulcer that's actually the flesh from the inside of the claw that's sticking out right yeah it's just all huh. swollen and it uh comes out so is that at all caused by the um the feed like it, like um, subacute rumen acidosis and all that stuff. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that cause it. It's um, what it comes down to is uh, pressure on that spot where the ulcer develops, and that you get that pressure because of laminitis, right? Everybody talks right. about laminitis without really knowing what it is, right? But if a cow has laminitis, she's more prone to getting a sole ulcer. And right. Well, we can get into what laminitis is and all that, but inflammation of the lamini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, what's the lamini? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, uh, <laughs> something between the beetle bone and the well, the, the la- no, or... the laminae holds the wall and the the sole of the foot together. Because if you look at a hoof, the way it's presented in the shoe, yeah. the wall and the sole are actually separate components, and they're actually there's a line that runs in between them called the white line. Right. It's full with laminate. It kind of glues those two together. Okay. That's what holds the foot together. So an ulcer on the inside of the claw, you call a sole ulcer, and then ones on the outside, you call a white line lesion? Or is that different? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a different thing. You can get wall ulcers on the wall, but yeah, a white line lesion or white line disease is when that white line gets infected, where the laminae are. Okay. Yeah. On the outside. Well, or it's, anywhere. it's actually in between the wall and the sole of the foot. So it actually goes into the foot. Okay. And there's actually a little gap there. It's like microscopic, right? Huh. But it's the weakest point of the foot. It's called the white line, yeah. And that's right. where the laminae are. When that gets infected, you have laminitis. Right. And a cow with laminitis is more prone to all the diseases out there, yeah. Because her foot's weak. Oh, just any infection? Well, any, any uh, hoof problem. Okay. Well, you have, because you have uh, infectious and non-infectious hoof diseases. Right. 
and laminitis, it affects the non-infectious ones, the ones that come from the inside of the cow, like from the flesh and the bone out to the foot. Okay. And then the infectious are like your hairy warts and stuff that yeah. are caused by the outside environment and work its way into the cow. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a cow comes in with a uh, sole ulcer, what do you do? It's all about relieving pressure, right? Because it's caused by too much pressure in that spot. Okay. So you dish it out, take away everything around it, all the loose horn around it. Right. And then you put all the pressure on the opposite claw with the use of like a block. Right, so you'll trim the, the claw with a sole ulcer. You'll trim that claw down a fair ways. Yep, you trim overall. it down fair ways. Okay. And if you don't have enough height on the other one yet, you put a block on there. Only if you don't have enough height on the other one, you put a yeah. block on or you Yeah, if it's just a small ulcer and you have pretty good okay. height already. Right. But you don't want to leave the other one too high with too steep of an angle because that's hard on the cow's tendons and legs, right, if the angle of the hoof is too much. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. What's the most common problems that you see definitely the hairy warts yeah hairy it's warts. not ulcers no that would be second most okay but a hairy warts is definitely the most common problem out there huh it's uh well it's a bacteria right so it's so hard to control it and get rid of it it's always in the manure it's always in the barn right well unless you're closed herd that i mean yeah it doesn't there are herds that don't have it yes yeah. but they're closed herds and they run a very strict uh footbath protocol so what happens, like, how does a, a cow get hairy wart? Like, it is, does her interdigital skin there crack, or how does that get into the cow, really? Well, it's a bacteria, right? And the bacteria, well, it lives all over in the barn. Right. And when once they have it, it's a bacteria known as trepanese, and hmm. they're, they're uh, so it's what their scientific name is, and they work their way into the foot, and they just keep coming out. And when they come out, that's when you see the red spot. No right, but how warts. do they get in? I mean, just through thin skin, or way in, just the same way any bacteria gets in. I know, they just, but like I have manure on my hands all day, and I don't. Well, I, it's probably towards cows. This yeah, bacteria, but well, like, good thing people can't get it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but like I don't get any other sorts of infections. Yeah, I guess my hands are clean and dry. Or what's the? How does that bacteria get in there? It just it has a way of getting into the skin. I guess it's just, huh. and but. I think it gets into people too, but it's just not a human version of a yeah. war, right? Yeah, yeah. Same as any bacteria, it just work its what's, works its way through the skin membranes, right? Huh? Because well, when you it's not like it's actual worms that are going in there, right? They're no. so small as bacteria. Yeah, I guess I always just thought that uh, you if you're you know your skin somehow got damaged or whatever, it would yeah. no, have it, a way in. Or... No, it doesn't have to be damaged to get huh. in. That's a foot rot. If you get foot rot, that always starts with uh, something getting damaged. Right, on the back of the, the, on the heel. Usually in between the claws or on the heel. Okay. If the cow injures themselves, then the, the bacteria works its way in through the wound. Right. And then she can get foot rot. The whole ankle swells up, gets a big infection, right? That's what foot rot is. Right, and it always stinks. That's how you... Yeah, it always stinks. Then you get major swelling, right? But I've had warts that stink a lot, too. Yeah, they can. They huh. can. Exactly. Uh, like, same smell as foot rot, or... No, it's different. If you if you smell it every day, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Foot rot's not nearly as common. The first sign is swelling. If it starts to swell up high, yeah, then uh, you know you got foot rot. Huh. Yeah. So. And what about uh, thirdly? What's the most common problem? Um, 
So you would have the hairy warts, soul ulcers, yeah, probably the white line disease. Okay. You see that a lot in farms where cows that take lots of tight turns on concrete. Oh, okay, so it separates. Yeah, because if they get a form of laminitis, the laminae start to swell up, right? Right. So it's weak there. And if they take a tight turn on concrete, it just Oof. kind of, you, know, you can just picture it, right? The ulcer yeah. and the wall kind of get separated. Yeah, I worked at a farm where there's, there's one tight turn in the return alley. And you could just see the outside of the claw, it was like uh, flaring up. Like yeah. it was just like worn yeah. down so much like sandpaper. It's, it's really bad for him. A lot of guys put rubber down those yeah. spots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, so what's the best, um, what's the best thing to prevent, I guess, hairy warts? Foot bath and clean environments. If you keep the environment clean, the bacteria can't thrive either, right? Right. So if they're always in a clean environment, it's a lot easier. If it's always dirty, you'll always have a battle. Yeah. Uh, the clean guy, and dry or clean and wet or doesn't matter? Dry. Dry? Which is basically impossible in the cow barn, right? Right. <laughs> Keeping it clean and dry all the time. Huh. Yeah. But And then guys who don't have any, they run their foot bath a lot. Yeah. Sorry, to get rid of it, you yeah. got to do that. Yeah. And then to keep it out as well. With copper sulfate or just... Copper to... sulfate is the main component to fighting against it yeah and what about formaldehyde what have you seen oh formaldehyde works even better yeah. it kills everything but it kills everything including people yeah <laughs> it's uh not good for you huh. there's a lot there's guys who use it yeah because it works so good right. but it's it's just not good to breathe it in all the time right yeah yeah somebody just do it once in a while right just to attack the warts a little bit right but that stuff is potent well yeah, yeah. It I've, works. My copper sulfate's not been working. I find, like, if I spot treat with that uh, hoof sole spray, yeah. it works a lot better. Spot than... spraying, it works good, too, but it's just hard to get in the ones in between the yeah. claws. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed that before where uh, you guys have come to trim, and yeah. like, I'll still have lots of warts, but they'll all be in We noticed that here, yeah. They're all in between because you spot spray, yeah. Yeah, but I find that, uh, like, I'll run foot bath for, like, a couple months straight every day, yeah. and cows will still be limping. I mean, yeah. Well, the thing, a foot bath is not really for curing them. It's more for preventing them. But so, as opposed to the hoof sole spray, I'll spray those and yeah, they'll kind of stop limping. Like, I'm, it's not will. 100%. But. Yeah. If you spray them all right on the spot every time, that is more effective, yeah. Right. Because you're because basically just stopping it from shedding. It's not going to dry up and go away forever, it's, right? No. It's, the ones those bacteria are in there, they right. will always be in that cow. Right. Because they work their way way into the foot. So... With the foot bath, you're just preventing them from popping out again. Right. They start to pop out, they go through the foot bath, and that shrivels them up again. Huh. Yeah. But they'll still be feeling the effects of the wart. They're still... They're still if it's not limping. exposed, they won't feel it. Okay, so if it, if if the if bacteria, it turns black or whatever... Yeah, if it's black no and the pain. bacteria is in the foot but it's not exposed, they won't feel it. They won't have pain. It's only when huh. they come out. So, yeah, then foot bath is yeah. kind of the best yeah. way... And then again, foot bath is hard to keep clean and stuff, right? That's why they're not as effective as spot spraying. Yeah, maybe I gotta change my foot bath more often. Yeah, but then pH plays a role too. There's so many things to look at. If your pH is right, uh, has to be below 2.0 in right, your foot yeah. bath with the solution yeah. in there. Otherwise, it won't be effective either. There's people who mix a foot bath strong when the pH is still like three and a half, and it's not gonna do nearly as much. Really? Yeah. Because I just thought the two went hand in hand the more strong your it'll solution kind of water you have right if you have hard water or soft water and all that 
And does uh, that vary by that much? Oh, it varies a lot. Oh, man. I got to check that. Yeah. We should maybe check that pH here. Yeah. Once you mix your bath, yeah. You can get those strips even. Yeah, I, oh, I'm sure I have some. And stuff, yeah. yeah. See roughly where it's at once it's mixed. Yeah. And then, let's see, you run all your cows through, check it again, see how much it changed. Right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I just assumed that the, the strength of the solution would take care of the pH it, issue. No, but, not always. Yeah. yeah. Huh. You never know, especially with uh, well water. You have well water here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could be all over the map, yeah. Right. Huh. Something to look into. What do you guys treat with uh, when you see warts in the chute? Or? When you see, well, any copper-based products works good. There's lots of good ones Great. out there. We use two main ones. Uh, Hoofsole works good. Or uh, Wonder Sauce we use now, too. Wonder it's, Sauce. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that, works are you wonders. sure that's real? <laughs> well, it's Wonder with a, with a U, not an O. The guy who made oh. it, his last name is Wonder something. That's why. Yeah, but doesn't sound legit, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll use it here next time. You let us know if it worked. Yeah, that's a copper based. It's a copper based right. product. They're all copper based. That's what it comes down to. Everybody makes their own product, but they're all copper based, and huh, and that's what really hits the words in the gel and the spray. It's all the same. Yeah, it's okay. a yeah, and then you'll wrap it too, just to keep that solution. You wrap on there. it just so it stays on the wort a little longer. Yeah, yeah. A contact has to be there for a while. Yeah. What's uh, kind of the worst you've seen as far as uh, accidents and, and cow hooves? And, I mean, you've told me before there's some amputations. Uh, of course, it's really rare, but some amputations. and Sometimes it goes so far, yeah, that you have to get the vet in to amputate a claw. Right. But then there's guys who say, why well, spend the, I think it's like 800 bucks to get a vet out to amputate a claw. Right. They're like, well, it's an older cow. Let's just get rid of it, right? Yeah. Career but if change. It, yeah. That cow. Yeah. But if it's a good cow, you could amputate a claw if it's that bad. But then right. again, she has to be neglected for quite a while to get to that point. Yeah. So you don't see it very often, hardly ever that you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And what do you guys do as far as um, cow flow? Like, how are your shoots set up? Are they set up in any certain way to make cow flow way better? Uh, well, the way it's, well, after doing it every day, you kind of know what works and what doesn't. Yeah, right? for sure, yeah. You've chased but, a lot of cows in your Yeah, in your but you go to work with the farmer's facilities too, right? It all depends where yeah. you're parked. Yeah. You can't always make the best thing work. But they walk in real nice on average. Yeah, I've seen and yeah, we have the, that. Yeah, most places we have uh, two shoots side by side, right? Okay. Well, when you go to herds that are like 100 cows or bigger. Right. We go two shoots. Gets it done a lot quicker that way. Yeah. and But have you noticed anything with, with gate setup like... Uh, there was some stuff from yeah. Temple Grandin about yeah. how, how you do like a little, you know, a little squiggle in, in shoots. Uh, yeah. The cows kind of like flow in better. Like the S thing. Yeah. Like feedlots and stuff always have that yeah. in there before their tubs and stuff. Or right. After tubs, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's a shoot set up, you But there's only so it, much but. you can do with the gates you have on hand, right? Yeah. Because every day you have to make a new setup. Right. And you don't want to carry a hundred gates with you either to make the best setup. Right. But then again, dairy cows on average are pretty easy to handle. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, yeah. compared to beef. Yeah, yeah your sure. beef cows are going to be trying to jump over gates and stuff when they don't want to go somewhere. <laughs> you never have that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few Holsteins there, well. Yeah. yeah. Pasture situations. Yeah. Or just every place seems to have one or two crazy ones. But. Yeah, yeah, just like in life, eh? Yeah. <laughs> what else does your uh, day look like? 
Well, so the average herd we get done in one day. So basically, you know, you're on the road at right. 6 a.m. We like to get to the farm by 7. Right. You're home before supper. And nice thing about going with two shoots is you get the average herd done, right? Because what is the average herd in Alberta? Probably... No. 80 or 100 maybe? Yeah, and then with dry cows, maybe 150 or so on average, right? Right, yeah. I would say an average. Yeah, so, so you the, guys will easily get So done, the right? average herd, we easily get done in a day. Yeah. Farmers love that too, yeah. Yeah. What do you do in your spare time? Spare time? Well, the little bit I have, I uh, I have my own little farm, I guess you could say. Okay. 40 acres, 40 hmm. irrigated acres, grow my own hay on there. Nice. So I'll get my three cuts of hay every year. Keeps me busy on the weekends and the evenings. <laughs> With uh, wheel moves? Yeah, or? wheel okay. moves. Yeah. Nice. So, huh. and you sell it to horse people or you got no, your own horses? No, I make, uh, I put them into round bills and I sell them to a hut rate that I know. Okay. Yeah. I get a, I know I have a lot of contacts in the people who need hay. Right, yeah. You want yeah. 10 round bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's a colony I know and they buy every bale off of me. Cool. So that works out pretty nice. And you're married, you got kids, right? Yeah, I got one kid. Cool. Got married five years ago. Nice. With one kid. And, uh, yeah. So that's a pretty busy day on average. Yeah. I want to spend some time with the family. and Yeah. yeah. Keep the little side farm going and yeah. trim every day. Of, well, five days a week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Try not to trim on Saturdays. There's enough to do at home. Yeah, yeah, and it, it creates a better pace for life I yeah think, generally speaking there's I mean, more to life than work 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 right yeah i know for sure yeah. yeah but something you don't have the option right you gotta work yeah the odd weekends but and your dad staying in the business yeah he's still people. working every day he hopes to for yeah many years yeah but yeah he's uh 23 years in so still going strong nice works nice with two people and yeah, yeah. if it's family you don't have to worry about getting employees and stuff and right yeah. And you guys usually trade in your shoots? Every every, every 10 years. Okay. The one's uh, 11 years old now. Really? Yeah. But uh, you can blame COVID for that one still being around. <laughs> well, so, you guys haven't slowed down because of COVID or what? No, COVID didn't slow us down one bit. We only had one farmer who said he wanted to wait a bit when it started. And then I think he right. realized that this wasn't going to be over overnight. Yeah. He's like, oh, you guys better come. <laughs> But you're saying someone didn't want to buy your shoot. Oh no! Oh why no! You, why we you... didn't buy another one because of it. Oh. We had we wanted to go uh, look at a few different ones. Oh, I see. But with all the travel restrictions and stuff, it's so hard to go. Yeah. And look at them. Yeah. No, there's a uh, plenty of there's definitely a market out there for the used. What's one. the brand for those new ones? The ones we have now are Comfort shoots. Okay. Comfort hoof care. Where do they make those? In uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. That's the that's the only brand out there. No, there's three main brands out there. We're looking at a different one actually. That's why we want to travel and look at it. Look for tip table, a nice tip. No, table. <laughs> never tip table. <laughs> Mount no. it on the back of your flat deck. That's for the rednecks. Yeah, <laughs> you don't see that anymore. In the no, states, they, a few guys they do. still make them. Yeah, I uh, know. In the states, they still do, but I've never seen one around here. Yeah, I always see them in the in the ads in the yeah. paper or whatever. Yeah. Well, for beef cows, they're nice. Yeah? Well, they just tie them down so much better, right? They can't move at all when they're in there, but... No, I... I'm not a fan of them. I disagree. Like, I used to have one of those, and you'd have the cow go in there with one injury and come out with a few more. Yeah, but then again, it was probably a really old tip table or what. It was, yeah. but it had 
I'm I don't see other ways that you could tie that cow in there better. Like oh, they've improved a lot over the years. The, they don't even belly have the belts. belly bands anymore. Is that right? Yeah, the oh. side of the, the squeeze just comes in a bit. Okay. So it kind of pinches them. So when they start tipping them, they can't fall down because the bottom is pinched down to maybe a foot or so. Right. So yeah, and then for the leg clamps, that's all huh. hydraulic as well. Even on oh, just tips. a little. Uh, There's a little clamp that comes yeah, out hydraulically right. and just grabs the foot. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So they've got better over time too. Yeah. But you're not into that. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I notice if you watch the cow's eyes as they tip them over, they get real big all of a sudden. I'm like, that just can't be good for the cow. They're so scared. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's arguments for either way. But has there been any like what's the latest and greatest development on the new new uh, comfort shoots? Um, just faster. They or? keep getting faster and quieter. Okay. The comfort shoots haven't done much over the last couple of years. Actually, that's where we're looking at a different brand. Okay. There's there are there's actually one brand out there that uh, it's so fancy it's almost too fancy. Hmm. Has Wi-Fi and well, yeah. it's all remote controlled. So you literally just push buttons your remote and it does lifts up the cow. It, it uh, lifts up the legs. Everything gets done right. remotely. But then again, it has like sixty or seventy uh, grease nipples on it, so the maintenance is crazy on it. The moving parts. Yeah. So right. we're looking at another one, less moving parts. But it's kind of a nice in between of the two. Right, and yeah. you'd like automatic for all all that lifting and stuff, because I mean, like well, nine out of ten cows, it's fine to do automatic, but there's always that one that you got. Yeah. Well, let's just wait, you know. And well, it is all fine, and then, but lifting. there's drawbacks too, right? But for automatic, for being so automatic, yeah. yeah. Like what? Well, for like I said, you have way more maintenance on your equipment. Oh, right? I see. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll uh, check out these other ones, see how they are. Yeah. Well, yeah, the industry's definitely improving as far as that's concerned, yeah. Definitely no more back-breaking work. Oh, right, like yeah. It used to be. Like, are we getting to a point where we're not going to need you anymore eventually, or are you working yourself out of a job? How so? Well, um, promoting healthy hooves and all this stuff that you guys do. Well, they're always going to grow, right? Yeah, but, I mean... I don't know, just people buying their own shoots or... or... You no, know, because there are guys who've tried it, but they don't realize how much time it actually takes to do sure. your own cows. Yeah. It might sound easy, like, oh, just do eight or ten a week, every yeah. week, and you stay <laughs> caught up, right? right? Which yeah. you will. But if then you let's stay... say you're busy silaging one week, so you say, oh, I'll get these next week. So you have 20 that week. You also have a really busy day, so you yeah. leave a few, and you start falling behind. Right. And then you, let's say you mess up one cow... And then, like, what's that cow worth, right? Whereas yeah. if you would have got someone in to do it, and they wouldn't have messed up that cow, yeah, there was a savings there too, right? Yeah. So, no, I'm not worried about that. But. It's not like you'd burn your old shoot. Like, you're still going to sell your old shoot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, multiple shoots floating around at farms. Yeah. Yeah. That for, would be handy. Yeah. For example, Conrad Van Heerden has an old one. Right. Us. Yeah, yeah, I was just telling somebody that the other day. Yeah. yeah. But they just use it for trimming their lame cows, and we're still... They still get you guys out? Yeah, we're still there every six months trimming every cow, yeah. Huh. Sounds yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to buy a nice shoot like that and just still get you guys out. Yeah, but if you want to... If you have that many cows, then... Uh, yeah, it's true. You've got to stay yeah. on top of the lame ones, right? Yeah. And you don't want to break your back doing it either. That's true, yeah. Yeah. No, there's a couple of them floating around, but we still go to all those farms. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what sets you guys apart from the competition? Two shoots. Two shoots. Yeah. Speed. Right. Because we get done on one day on average, right? Most right. guys are just come in with one shoot. It takes two days for the average farm. And it's nice to come in in the morning be gone by milking time, right? Right. Farmers love that. But then again, everybody has their herds. It's uh, it's pretty non-competitive that way. Everybody just has their customer base, and it's been going like that for years already. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's hard to say there's competition. There's other hoof trimmers we work with sometimes. If we have a busy day, they have a busy day, we go help them out. Oh, yeah. Just, it's uh, nice that way. Everybody gets along with everybody. Uh, yeah. What's yeah. new on the um, hoof health front? Is there any new science as far as hoof health and uh, what it takes to keep your cows healthy and upright? Well, farmers are starting to realize more and more how it's all tied into everything else, right? Like hoof health, is, it's connected to like the nutrition the cow takes in, right? Mm -hmm. So there's way more studies done on the connection between nutrition and hoof health mm -hmm. and all that stuff. For example, you had Bob Reck on here, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh he's from he's great that way. Like if we meet him, he'll ask, "Oh, how's this and their this and this herd's hoof health doing?" Right. Right. Because it's all connected to nutrition and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, what the cow eats, you can see in their feet. Yeah. And good nutritionists like Bob, they know that. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, it's something that highly affects your your fertility and your herd. Oh, it's all connected, right? Reproduction and yeah. It's all uh. What's that saying? Uh, uh, lame cows make open cows, or was it the other yeah, way around? Yeah. Well, I think it works both <laughs> ways. <laughs> no, lame cows make open cows, probably. Yeah. Uh, what's next for uh, you and your dad? And uh, what's your your uh, your company called? Chinook Hoof Care. Okay. It used to be uh, Diamond Hoof Care when my dad used to work with Coast Vis. Okay. Uh. I I don't know if you'd remember. No, I think that was before you moved here. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 And then he used to work with Kosvis. Then he went more to the sales side. He's importing and selling uh, hoof products. My dad wanted to keep trimming, so my dad started Chinook Hoof Care. Okay, yeah. And then I joined him yeah. nine years ago already. And you guys going to expand or? Well, it's at the point of like either expand or start saying no to more work. Think of how fast you could do it with three shoots. Especially here. Yeah. <laughs> 40 cows. Uh, 10 cows. 12 cows each. 12 cows each. Good to go. Solid hour, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Still be the same price, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Have to charge more because it'd be a waste of a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, it's nice to have a small herd in between once in a while, too. Like when we come here. Or you get a day off, basically. Yeah, you get you an afternoon off, right? <laughs> yeah. Except for when you get stuck out back or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we've gone stuck a few times here. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, all the best in the future and Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 18 with Mark Ben Herk of Chinook Hoof Care. If you're looking for other dairy farming podcasts, check out the Bulls, Beers, and Barn Talk podcast. Join me again next week.